Big Fluff. someone who inquires in esoteric matters, a collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Well, hey, Joe. Howdy, Chris. So, uh, what's happening, man? Uh, not much. How are things? Things are good. Right, right. Uh, things are good with me, too. Yeah. Uh, the house is doing well. Hasn't hasn't fallen down. Hasn't fallen around. Flown not away. yet. Oh, t- hey, ch- Get off that microphone. <laughs> we haven't introduced you yet. Joe, um, I uh, I need you uh, to do something for me. Oh, again? Yeah. Uh, and it involves uh, my crawl space because I cannot <laughs> fit my chubby ass I'll, underneath of of well, my crawl space. I'll just bring the Vaseline over. Right. And get some, some plastic. Grace and you're going <laughs> to grease the monkey up and, and slide and, you in. Uh, what, is the, what, is the, what, is, what is that? The pesticide. Borate. Borate. We yeah. have some borate, and yes. we need you to spray it on our beams. I'll spray it on you from beams. underneath. And, uh, and I know I'm, I'm, I've got the thing. I've got the pumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still have it from the fist. Yeah, <laughs> from the movie that we did, the uh-huh. fist. And uh, and I need you to go under and, and spray that. And and mm-hmm. since we need you to do that, that was a great intro <laughs> to this this episode. <laughs> to this episode, bit of a crowbar. <laughs> Let's just put that one in there. So anyway, uh, before we start, uh, would you like to introduce our guests? Uh, yes. Go around the room. <laughs> oh, you, uh, Hi. I said, I'm would Joe. you like to introduce our guests? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> to my left is my lovely lady, Jenny. Hello, curiosos. All right. Well, I guess I'll introduce my wife here. Okay. And uh, this is Dana. You've heard her before. She's been around on oysters and haggis and and uh, cooked us all kind of food and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> been around. She's been around on some podcasts. She Hi. has. I'm Dana. And she's back. And Dana, you were the one that suggested this. I so did. Why don't you tell them what today's uh, episode is all about? Uh, today's episode is about pesticides. Hmm. So that's like French fries, onion rings. Yes. I believe they're called freedom that's, molecules now, that's, Joe. Different kinds of sides, exactly. right? That's exactly what it is. It's all the so sides. You should eat them. Don't eat them. Don't eat them. Fried wrong, okra? Wrong kind of sides, I'm assuming. <laughs> Cream spinach? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Artichoke dip? Yeah. Mozzarella. 
snacks. Are we? Around <laughs> <laughs> the room, <laughs> right? Is there anybody hungry? Is that <laughs> right? Did you guys, you guys brought some sides. We, we did we bring did. some sides. Yeah. <laughs> so a pesticide is a chemical substance used to kill, to repel, harm, uh, or control things like insects, small animals, wild plants, fungi. And other unwanted organisms. Hey, I'm a fun guy. Sometimes. <laughs> Can you use pesticides on frogs in your throat? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'll try it. Yeah, it's honey and lemon, right? That's the pesticide for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the term pesticide includes all herbicides. Right. So we had this whole conversation about that uh-huh. uh, because D- Dana, you were you were talking about let's do an episode about pesticides. I. I'm actually studying because in a little less than a week, this Friday, I'm taking Maryland State Pesticide Applicators licensing test. So I fell into an internet rabbit hole of searching (laughs) historical events related to pesticides. Um, Mm, I thought some of them were quite interesting, actually. Um, So I brought it up to Chris, and I was like, you know, we should maybe do an episode where we mention things like DDT and Agent Orange and things that have happened in the past. And he mm. was like, well, they're herbicides. Yeah, that was, Those aren't pesticides. Yeah. We can't do a pesticide episode. Did you just do my voice? Is that yeah, your voice? That was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the way you sound in my head. So, so the term pesticide includes all of them. Right. Herbicides, insecticides, which are for bugs. There are quite a few more than there, that. But oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to go, wanna go back I, and down, yes. down the list? Okay. okay. So... First one I want to talk about is nematicide. Oh, nematicide. Mm-hmm. And they kill roundworms or nematodes. Right. Uh, then you have... Avicides. Avicides, yes. They are for birds? Mostly Pest birds, birds. Uh, to kill a mockingbird, basically. <laughs> Molluscicide. Oh, to get rid of mollusks. And um, gastropods. Can't you just use really? salt? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the, probably the easiest and best way oh, to do okay. it. Uh, but so snails, well, water mollusks. Well, as these well. these are snails and slugs mostly. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, miticides. So that was the old term. The mm-hmm. newer term is a caricide, which kills arachnids, which mites and ticks oh, are arachnids. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I didn't. Hmm. So I, the older hmm. term is miticide. Right. Sorry about that. I yep, seem no to worries. have an older version of things. Not a problem. Uh, one that I thought was really interesting was predicides. And those Predicide. are... Kills predators? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have <laughs> specific, I guess, chemical compounds that are used to target wolves and bears. And as far as I know, I think some of them are actually still used in Canada, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was really surprised by that. Then there's piscicide, which is to kill Killing Joe Piscopo. Rodenticides? Oh, yes. For dentals? Hold on. What is, wait, wait. You're just what? Back up. What, is, what is actually, what is piscicide? It fish. fish. Oh, pes- like pesca. Like yeah. fish. Yes. Yeah. Why like would you want to pes- kill fish? Piscatari- well, so, if it's a pest fish. Right. Most of it is for invasive species. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, uh, yes. like, like, them, like them daggone snakeheads. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Be taking over that chest big bag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, rodenticide is to kill what? Rodents. Oh, wait, I'm See, sorry, you're I asking thought you Chris. said denticide, and I thought That's it was to kill, to kill dentists. dentists. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I want to. 
<laughs> I like my dent. You go to the same dentist as me. Oh yeah, that's right. Really? You guys <laughs> have the same dentist? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I do. Also, they're yeah. they're actually huh. really nice. They're really, really <laughs> super nice. They're really nice. They're Except really, they're really sweet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was unfortunate. And also, the uh, who's the lady that runs the the front? The counter? secretary there is horrendous. She's, She's a horrible a human being. <laughs> She's really yeah. awful. Hopefully, she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Oops. I kind of hope she does. <laughs> Rodenticide is to kill meeses and rats. Yep. Absolutely. Then you have something like bactericide. Bactericide, yes, or microbial. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, that's to kill bacteria. Oh, I'm sorry. My- microbials kill, I believe, things like viruses and microbes. Right. right. So bactericide, that is all of your antiseptics and your disinfectants. Right. Your So like antibacterial soap. Stuff like that would right. be considered like a like a pesticide uh, as well, kind of I under the umbrella. Technically, yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't they say that you're not supposed to be using that? Oh yeah, because it's terrible. Because yeah. it's it's bad. Because it like uh, it goes so? down your sink, and it mixes, and it's like it, it's combating. Uh, the, yeah, I would imagine that natural... it would continue to kill bacteria. Yeah, and it's so it's killing the good bacteria that are mm-hmm. breaking down mm-hmm. like the poo in your. You well, know and also I mean? on your skin, right? Like just right. wash your hands with soap. Yeah, yeah because you don't want to over bacteria off. Overdo yeah, it. Some of that it. stuff that you need, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot your, of it you need. Your immune system needs some work to uh, function properly. Yeah, it needs to be exposed when, to certain things. When we were all growing up, we dropped something on the floor, we picked it up, and we ate it. Yeah. And we went outside and played the some dirt. Some of us still. And nowadays, we drank out of the hose. Right. Nowadays, yeah. no one does that, no. and that's why they all have peanut allergies. <laughs> It's, it's possible. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I mean, things Get are changing. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So well. as well under the category of pesticides, I also have defoliants. Um, mm-hmm. And those are compounds that make plants lose their foliage. Their leaves will fall off mm-hmm. when you use defoliants. Uh, desiccants yes. will dehydrate, right. I think, specifically Think of insects. a mummy. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, desiccated. like a de- like we were talking about the desic- Decasicated. De- <laughs> You're talking about what? Like de- de- dedicated coconut. <laughs> dedicated coconut. You know what I mean? I'm your dedicated coconut. <laughs> desiccated? Yeah, desiccated yes. coconut. Okay. Okay. It's sometimes things that I say don't always come out right the first time. Sure. Or, or the second. Or ever. <laughs> or ever. Uh, then you have things like fungicide, which is mm-hmm. for fungi. Killing off all the fun. <laughs> All the fun and the spores. There yes. is viricides, oh. which kill viruses. Specifically okay. designed mostly for specific viruses. Are they the same as antimicrobials? No. No? They're a separate, separate thing. Okay. Then you have things like algicides, which yes. are specifically designed for algae. Algae. Mm-hmm. Like a shock. Like a pull mm-hmm. shock? Yeah, pull shock. Yeah, oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And here I thought we were just going to be talking about chemicals that you spray on plants. Well, they're all <laughs> they're all in that that giant umbrella. So they can they can be grouped in by the target organism. Mm-hmm. So all of these chemicals can be like these are all things to kill birds. They can be categorized by their chemical structure, uh, whether it's organic, inor- inorganic, or synthetic. They can also be categorized in their their different states, whether it's physical, gaseous, and and the like. Most Pesticides are grouped by the chemical family, like organochlorines, chlorines, 
Yeah. Organophosphates. I'll get organophosphates. Yeah. And carbamates. Those are your carbamates. Okay. Those are your major major ones. There's and those tons are typically insecticides, though, right? Those guys. Herbicide and insecticide. Okay. Yeah. Most pesticides work by poisoning the individual organism. Hmm. Okay. So it's not a it's not an instant like zap you're dead. Right. It is it is a slow methodical. It can vary. I I. I know that some are growth regulators. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is go in and sort of disrupt or interrupt uh, an, an organism's ability to grow or reproduce. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. that's a slow decline. Yeah, yeah. So what, one of the things I, I was actually looking up the EPA's website, and you know they, you know, it, it's literally the the thing that says what is a pesticide, mm-hmm. and under like the law. Uh, so any substance, mixture of substances intended for preventing, destroying, repelling, or mitigating any pest, any right. substance or mixture of substances intended to use as plant regulator, defoliant, or desiccant. Mm-hmm. And then also there's another one under there. Uh, also, it says any nitrogen stabilizer. Okay. So I was trying to figure out what that was. And we, we kind of, I kind of looked it up and it's basically mm-hmm. like, uh, your nitrogen can come in a couple of different forms. Like, so there's like NO3, NO4, you know, mm-hmm. and it basically like plants use it in a certain form mm-hmm. and they don't want it to be broken down too much. So you can actually add a nitrogen, nitrogen stabilizer to your, to your soil. So mm-hmm. it's, st- I guess it stops the bacteria from, from changing it from one thing to another. Right. And it's, and it keeps it as more fertile. Right. And, and less likely for different kinds of molds and funguses and things to attach to your said plants. Right. Yeah. Sure. I just didn't know why. I just didn't know what a nitrogen, I'm like a nitrogen stabilizer. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something from a science fiction film. Yeah, like I had no clue. Yeah. Buckaroo Banzai or right. something. Call John Big Booty. We need the nitrogen stabilizer or this whole place is going to blow. <laughs> so I found out that human beings mm-hmm. have been using pesticides since before 2000 BC. Yeah, I don't I don't know as much about that as I know about something called the Bordeaux mixture. Okay. Did you read anything about the Bordeaux no, go mixture? For it. Okay. Um at some point, I think it was in the 1800s and I probably should have written down like an exact time, but there was a guy who was kind of frustrated that he had like a, a vineyard and people would would wander by and they would eat his grapes and he was like what can I do to make these like less palatable so that people leave my grapes alone and I can make wine you know mm-hmm. um so he decided to mix lime with copper sulfate mhm um and it's something and you're called lime like yes. like powder like lime yes. lime yes not a lime like a lime no, not, not, no not the fruit <laughs> um he mixed it with copper sulfate mm put it on all of his grapes mm-hmm. uh, and found out that they were no longer getting something called oh it's some kind it's a type of mold it's that a, affects it's a grape blight yeah, yeah it's yeah it's a type of mold that affects a lot of grape plants mm-hmm. um and he found out that they were not getting it so as far as i know i think still to this day people use that and it's that called mixture. the bordeaux mixture yeah nice nice mm-hmm. so i found one that was um it comes from Mesopotamia. Wow. 4,500 years ago, they used to use, like, organic sulfur dust. They would just grind sulfur rocks down. Wow. And they would dust their crops with it because they found out that bugs would not go near them. Hmm. Huh. But it didn't affect the crops. Right. <clears throat> right. So. I mean, that's... So they were crop dusting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, all right. So I have a... Uh, uh, 
So plants have been used for centuries in a form of like crude fungicides. Plants were burnt, uh, you know, to to get rid of mosquitoes. Mm. Um, but there's like uh, oil formulations applied to the skin and clothes were first recorded in writings uh, by the ancient Greeks, Romans, and Indian scholars. And some of the most ancient plants that they used for that kind of thing were uh, like the neem plant. Mm -hmm. There's like ancient, uh, well, there's like paintings like from India where a guy's sitting, and I, I have it right here on one of the websites, and I'll put it on the show notes, where he's sitting there uh, by like, by one of the rivers and he has neem which is a type of uh type of like indian evergreen mm. and he's burning the leaves you know to try because, and keep well evergreens are packed full of oils right and he's trying to basically trying to keep those skeeters away yeah. you know but like neem is one of those kind of like natural things and That's you can still we we actually ordered some neem oil uh what beginning of this year for our roses and stuff mm -hmm. oh. mm -hmm. does it what does it do for your plants well we put it on our rose bush because we had what's commonly called rose slugs, which actually aren't rose, they're not slugs at all. Yeah. They're soft lie larvae. Oh, and okay. they, they, they hatch in the dirt and they climb up the plant and they eat the leaves. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I don't think it, it doesn't kill the plant, but no. it makes it look really sad. And also <laughs> it does stunt the growth a little bit. Yeah. So we wanted to find something that we could spray on it. Yeah. We, and we tried the Leonard neem oil, but it, it, <laughs> it seemed to work for a little while, right? But you—it's constant reapplying. Yeah, what because when it rains, it just washes it off. Yeah. What I've been using is diatomaceous earth. We've mm -hmm. used that too. Um, it, mm -hmm. which I believe is actually a desiccant. Yeah, it um, is. Uh, and you just kind of powder it on, and mm -hmm. it's supposed to be completely harmless for well, people. Yeah, and you can also use, I've found... Um, so you crunch it in your teeth. Right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you can actually eat it. Yeah, yeah it yeah. has they do probably have not the same to... kind that you use in your garden. There's yeah. a food oh, grade. Oh, it's food grade. I bought a bag of food grade. Okay. Yeah. Diatomaceous earth. Just because yeah. I, I use it in the vegetable garden, and it's mm -hmm. like an old, you know... Yeah, well, you can also use baking soda. It really? has the same effect. Hmm. So doing all this research, I was like, oh, you can use that. You could do this. You could yeah, do but baking soda, I think, would, would also, uh, like, base out your soil, I would think. Well, you don't put yeah, it, you don't the you don't pH, put it right? as close to... You put it, like, on the leaves? or No, like, around your, your garden area. Oh, as, like, a barrier? Uh, yes. yes. Do not... So. Thou shalt not pass. <laughs> right, right. Like exactly. You're, like, you're, like you're trying to keep the demons away. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Got stamp it. the staff down, like Jenny said. You shall not pass. Well, I, I didn't say it quite that cool. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks, honey. Uh, in the 15th century, we used things like uh, mercury, lead, uh, and arsenic. Everybody knows pesticides. mercury is great for <laughs> no. pesticides. Great! And it turned you blue. Mm -hmm. Does mercury? I thought that was uh, no, the silver poisoning. oxide or whatever that turns people blue too. Yeah, it, well, it can, but yeah. mercury poisoning is one of the other ones. That's great. Um, in the 17th century, we saw the rise and the use of nicotine sulfates, which today we have a different variation on those things. Yeah, we have um, something that's called neonicotinoids, which a lot of people probably have heard of because they've been in the news a lot. They've been suspected to play a role in colony collapse disorder for oh, bees. bees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when I was, I actually, when I was, when I heard we were going to do a, a pesticide episode, I really wanted to do some research on these guys, these neonicotinoids. And um, 
what I expected to find was that they're horrible, terrible, no good, very no bad. good, very bad pesticides, and that you should never use them because they kill bees. But it's actually not that cut and dried. I found that in a lot of the research that I've done. Me too. <clears throat> Me too. Yeah. There's a lot of it multiple de- sides. Depending mm-hmm. yeah. on what research you read and right. what organization you're reading from. So the reason why they're called neonicotinoids is because they're chemically related to nicotine. So the name literally means new nicotine-like insecticides. Yep. And these make up roughly 25% of all insecticide use, wow. which is crazy high. And the reason for the popularity is because of the water solubility. So you can put it on the soil and it will get taken up by the plants and distributed throughout the plant structure. So we're talking leaves, we're talking the stalk, we're talking the what flower, the they, pollen. That's right. There are two things plant-related that pesticides do. And one is coat the surface and the other one's systemic. Mm-hmm. So systemic means that they get It'll inside the, the plant. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why, you know, these tend to work so well because it covers the entire inside and out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huh. So it was originally thought to be low risk to bees and other pollinators. And recently that's come into question. And it, and, and I mean, there is a good reason to be skeptical because 85% of Earth's flowering plants rely on pollinators to survive. Yeah. And bees specifically pollinate 30% of all the plants that produce food and beverages for humans. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a serious issue when bees start dying off. So it's important to look at all the causes, but... The thing about neonicotinoids, too, is that they're very low toxicity to mammals. They only work on the nervous system of um, bugs. So, Which bees are bugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's like you said, Joe, it depends on what study you read. One study in 2017 found that one particular neonic which is what they call them for short, mm-hmm. reduces egg laying by 26% in queen bumblebees, which is huge. Well, and the same can be said with you know, the smoking population of humans. Mm-hmm. Sm- heavy smokers, like your, your, your birth rates are lower, your this is lower, your that's higher. Right. So if you're using something that is akin to you know, nicotine... Maybe it has the same correlating effects. Yeah. Well, but I mean, they're much smaller animal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And, and neonicotinoids don't always kill bees, but it can change their behavior in dangerous ways. So, like, it affects their flight and navigation skills. And mm-hmm. we think about a bumblebee. It's a tiny little insect. And, it, and they fly. I don't know how many miles they fly oh, from hive to plant and back. And they have, like, an elaborate dance that and they... And their visual system for recognizing where they are is astounding. It, how to describe it. it? It is kind of like taking a disco ball and putting it in a bowl, of, like a mirrored bowl of water and watching the horizon through this disco ball mirrored bowl of water, they can always tell where the horizon is, no matter what direction they are in. And they always know where north and south are. It's amazing. So these pesticides can actually disrupt that whole system. Um, It can also reduce their taste sensitivity and food consumption. So kind of like a natural appetite suppressant. Yeah, so if you're not hungry, you're not going to eat and you're not... 
Yeah. Also not yeah. like hitting flowers. <laughs> yeah, it slows their learning of new tasks. So I think bees teach each other where to find the pollen mm -hmm. through dances and things. Well, and, and scent orientation. They leave markers and things and they have certain paths. And so, and then the final thing is it, it makes bees and other pollinators more susceptible to viruses and parasites just because it kind of, mm -hmm. it attacks their, um, their nervous system. So their whole everything is affected yeah so, so your immune not, system would be down yeah, yeah yeah exactly thank you so it may not kill them outright but it does affect them yeah. um in ways that have that were unintended they said things yeah. about sick bees i know mm -hmm. poor sick bees not the bees well, you know and so that seems to be a problem with uh, you know a lot of a lot of these pesticides so they they can be good uh, they can keep the pests away from you, but the problem is, is that they don't necessarily discriminate. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Which seems to be the largest thing. Like mm. we, you know, we use bugs for a lot of different things. Bugs break down, and uh, you know, flies, for instance. Mm. Well, they're really annoying when you're flying in your face and your eyes. Right. But they do break down. You know, uh, like large pieces of poo that are laying around from cows yeah. they break down you know dead animals you mm -hmm. know the maggots eat that kind of stuff right so if we didn't have that kind of stuff we wouldn't you know we just be have rotting flesh all around it's us the circle of life it, it, and when you're having this pesticide you know you want to keep it away from an area that's fine right now i'm dealing with carpenter bees mm -hmm. they're going into the shed in my in my new home and What's that song they they sing the carpenters oh, I, I don't remember but you know what i'm talking about yeah the carpenter bees song right no. Maybe if you would have like thrown out one of their songs or started singing, I, I think I it would have been I good. <laughs> I just know they're called the Carpenter Bees. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So like, I'm dealing with these bees, and I'm like, well, should I like spray some foam up in there? You know what I mean, and close them off. Mm. And you know, after they reading can about dig them, through foam. They can dig through wood. Right. They can dig through fire. Yeah, well, so I'm just trying to figure out, like, what to do with it, you know what I mean? And, you know, come to find out that they they have a tendency to, like, uh, uh, what is the thing when they bring pollen and they fertilize? Um, uh, pollinate. Pollinate. They pollinate. Thank you, Dana. I was yes. That's when the When they word. move pollen all over when the they, place. When they right. pollinate pollen. So they mm -hmm. pollinate uh, specifically eggplant. They pollinate hmm. pepper plants. They pollinate mm -hmm. tomato plants, all of which we have in our garden right now. Thanks, bees. Yeah, so <laughs> so I really want to keep them around, but they're right. also eating my shed. So uh, Maybe put some aluminum. You have to decide what's more important to you. The shed or your eggplant. It's really tough. <clears throat> I mean, I pretty much there live seriously out Seriously, are so many that if you're out in the shed, it sounds like it's raining. You could it's do like a, a constant ticking sound oh my in the roof where there, there's so many in the roof. Yeah, yeah. you could do a, a, a very thin wire mesh mm -hmm. around, you know, your, your problem areas of your underhangs and your overhangs. Right. And do, you know, like a, a basic... Um, oh, because they're large. Right. So they but might have do, a hard time getting it Yeah, if you yeah. do a, a little fine micro mesh and you can cut it and just tack it up there. Right. It's basically a, a, a shield to keep right. them out of your problem. Well, areas. maybe I'll do that. But I'm thinking next year I'm going to make... Uh, they have these little... They're called like bee... Uh, little bee 
they're not beehives. No, they're little beehouse. Yeah, like a yeah. beehouse where they have like circular little thing, you know, mm-hmm. holes that you cut into it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just drill little holes where they'll go and they'll live. Right. So if I do that, like you were talking about, make a little shield or something like mm-hmm. that, but then I make a bee house. Yeah. I'm fine if they live in a house that's attached to my shed. Yeah, and I you just can... don't want them in my shed. Yeah, yeah you I can mean... make a little bee house in your soul. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Fun fact about carpenter bees, they're big and scary, and when Alice was little, she was terrified of them. So we looked it up, and they don't actually sting. Yeah, they really don't, (laughs) but they do. They will if they're being, like, You literally have to squeeze them. Yeah, you have to actually physically harm them. Physically take them and squish them between your fingers for them to sting. And also, they don't understand what glass is. They'll literally just (laughs) bunk right on into... Everything. Yep, yep. They've run into my face, into my head before. <laughs> they're like cicadas. They're they have clumsy, no, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Like they, they have no clue what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They just run right into you. Yep. And so, and and they're kind of cute. They're, yeah, they're, they're like my pets right now. Adorable little fuzzy bees. Yeah. They're really cute. They look a lot like bumblebees. They're only slightly different. But they have big yeah. black butts. <laughs> <laughs> we have to ask. It's the podcast where we answer the question: Are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We Have have to Ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peaksloth Network at peaksloth.com. By the 19th century, the introduction of pyrethrium came on the scene like a sex machine. Pyrethrins. Mm-hmm. Ah, we we use those at Get work. up with get down. Sorry. <laughs> Stand up shit myself. <laughs> Pants. I don't think that's how it goes. <laughs> it is. That's what he says, right? Wait, that's not what he says? Mm. Nope. Okay. Uh, they are made from, uh, well, from chrysanthemum, chrysanthemums, chrysanthemums. and uh, rhodonones. Don't Ro- know what that is. Rhododendrons? No. Rhododendrons? <clears throat> R-O-T-E-N- O-N-E. Rotenone. Rotenone. Hmm. So that <laughs> that is in the, the, the jicama and the fabrique family, hmm. which are the, the bean family. We at work uh, use a variation of a permethrin, and the brand name is Permanone, hmm. uh, and it's used to combat mosquitoes and ticks there still you know. to this day. Well, those are plant-derived. Yes, from yeah. chrysanthemums. Well, and, and the other one, the rhodonunes, mm-hmm. um, if they were using the, the jicama roots or the uh, fabrique roots, most of those come from things like castor beans. Okay. And castor beans are already poisonous. Right, right. So Isn't that, uh, mm-hmm. you drink castor oil to make yourself... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, like Ipecac. Oh, is, <laughs> right? is that, but I thought castor oil did the same thing. It, it can, yes. Yeah. But straight castor beans are poisonous. I think that's kind of, luckily, the direction that pesticide use is going into things that are more organic and less persistent in the environment right, um, like and was... less environmentally harmful. Right. Because as well, to combat mosquitoes, we use something called BTI. It's uh, Bacillus theranogensis israeliensis, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a bacteria. It's a bacteria oh. that kills mosquitoes in their larval stage. So when you see like mosquito oh, dunks so or whatever, yeah, um, we use a more concentrated version of what is in mosquito dunks. But oh. um, yeah, it works really well. It's supposed to be completely harmless. I mean, I guess that's questionable. That's always questionable. But yeah, 
Well, how, explain how it works, because this is what I kind of find interesting, because it doesn't actually kill, like, mosquitoes that are just flying around. No, you it know only what kills I mean? them it, it, in it their larval stage. and Pulls them out by the root. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't know, but, you know, mosquitoes are born in water. Eggs are typically laid in water or soil, or depending on what kind of mosquito. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get too much into that. But mm-hmm. And when they hatch... When they, they float hatch. around in that under undersea world, and right. their, their butthole actually look like little sea monkeys. Yeah, and is it the butt scuba? <laughs> yeah, the butt, butt scuba. scuba. They the butt snorkel. The, the butt snorkel up out of the water, uh-huh. and that's, that's how, they how they breathe. Right, that's until they breathe. they're ready to come out of the water and fly around and kill you. Right, that's in their larval stage. Right. Uh, the next step is their pupil stage. They don't eat while they're in their pupil stage. I was but a they bad look... pupil growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you eat in your pupils? People face. All the time. They're kind of, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. They're real goofy looking in the pupil stage, but they mm-hmm. have little trumpets they use to breathe. Yeah, they kind stick of, out of the water. They kind of remind me of uh, of nymphs. Mm-hmm. You ever seen just, you know, your standard fly nymph? Ye- no. <laughs> what was, what was, what was I was going to say, yeah, and pretend that Tell I Tell us did. the secret of the nymphs, Joe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> One time Joe and I went backpacking, and it was... I think it was early spring. Yeah. And we found these crazy looking large, like the size of a Bic lighter. Mm -hmm. um, Like worm looking things. They weren't even, they didn't even look like worms. They looked more like centipedes. Mm -hmm. Um, They almost had like the the armored kind of look to them. Segmented thorax kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking more and more trying to remember what... They but, were called, but they're in their nymph stage because okay. they ticks have a nymph stage also, right? And most yeah. of those are fish fly, fish, fish fly, fly larvae. Larva. That's what they fish were. Fly larvae. I'd never. So heard once that. they get past the larval stage to mm-hmm. go into the nymph stage, which can last something like five to six years, oh, where God. they live on on river banks, not in the water, yeah, but river banks where it is moist, where they can dig in the dirt or the sand okay. and still be underwater, but not. In open water. Right. So most nymphs, most creatures that have a nymph stage are all near water. Mosquitoes right. are very, they all look really similar in that nymph stage. Okay. Uh, they're typically really small. There are some species that tend to ha- be larger in size, so they have larger sized larvae. Like the mosquito um, hawks? Those are not mosquitoes. I know. And they, don't, they don't eat mosquitoes either. I know. I just but they're like actually them. crane flies, but it's funny yes. how many people like mm. still ask about that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. And they think they're like the largest mosquito. Yeah, right. they're either the it's largest like mosquito or they hunt those, which neither yeah. of which Like the true. 1960s movie, Mosquito, yeah. where they're big as an elephant. Right. Yeah. Or you, you <laughs> find them in awesome. a piece of amber and you can extract dinosaur DNA from it. Yeah, you know <laughs> right. what's funny about that is that mosquito that they actually used... And that's in that amber for mm-hmm. that scene. Uh, it does not bite people. It's one of the only species that doesn't take blood from people huh. or animals. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they did use it because it's one of the larger mosquitoes. So there, no, there are mosquitoes that don't actually eat. Yeah, uh, toxarynchites. <laughs> I sound like a nerd for a minute. Um, yeah, Go they don't. They cannibalize uh, other mosquito larvae, and that's kind in of doing worse. that, they're used no, sometimes. <laughs> While we're talking about pesticides, they're sometimes used as a biological control. Hmm. Oh, so they'll be sort of the... bred and put into bodies of water for the purpose of having them eat the other existent oh. mosquito larvae. Oh, like cane toad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, mosquito I think they're zombies. Used in places that they're already present. Anyway, oh, okay. Well, 
So they're not invasive. Not introducing them to new areas right. or anything. You're just but... pumping up the population. Right. Yeah. Right. So you can get rid of another population. Yeah. So that, you know that stuff at work. You can do you that use... instead of using chemicals. That's great. Yeah. So that stuff you, at work you use the the BET. BTI. Um, oh, BTI. <laughs> BET. <laughs> <laughs> that that basically sterilizes the future generation. That rather, rather than what you're saying with the other oh, ones. The where only thing I, I probably should have looked at how it actually works. I know it's got like a crystalline structure that makes it um, rips off their sex organs. No, it it makes it so that it's not as easily <laughs> resistant because um, I don't pesticide resistance is is a a big sort of horrible thing that everyone well, yeah, needs to we, worry about. We in the humans we have to deal with things like antibiotic exactly, and it's the same situation. Right, you know, overuse you're you're gonna build up. Right. You know tolerances. So you're gonna breed bugs that are, are capable and want to kill of horses. resisting the things you're using to get rid of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I actually don't know. How well, I was works. I was gonna go on to the next one. I know that they eat it and it kills them. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's how. Don't it usually works. ask more questions <laughs> than that. Right. Okay. Uh, so through the uh, late '40s, early '50s, even some of the '60s, arsenic came back into fashion like it always does uh, and was the dominant pesticide until the rise of something called DDT mm. was discovered originally in 1874. Oh, Silent Springs. Yeah, in, uh, by an Austrian chemist, Uthmar Zilde. I bet you did not wait, pronounce wait. that right. Uthmar Zelder. Uthmar Zelder. Okay. Or it could be Zeidler. Z e i d l e r. Zeidler. 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 You guys are weird. <laughs> uh, it was used in World War II to combat things like malaria and typhus. By 1945, DT, DDT was sold to the public openly. Do you know what DDT stands for? Oh my God! Hold on. <laughs> Dick. What? <laughs> oh, hi. Shh, shh. Oh, Dick Lorod. I. Phenylicotricolorotromanine. Dichlorodiphenyltrichloroethane. That's what I said. Yes, that's exactly what you said. Diclorodiclo. Is exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced. Look, look at that word. I can't read your handwriting. Exactly. Neither can I. So it was used, like I said, in World War II to combat malaria and typhus. By 1945, DDT was sold to the public uh, and was allowed throughout most of the U.S. I've okay, so wait a second. How did they actually use it? Do they did they eat it? No, it was an liquid aer- that they sprayed. It was either the liquid or they would oh, uh, uh, aerosolize okay. it in gotcha. canisters, make it a, a gas. I've seen substance. I've seen videos of kids sitting at picnic tables eating lunch and you can see just trucks driving by them spraying DDT everywhere and everyone's like uh whatever so in those major three categories I talked about earlier DDT is an organochlorine okay it's not an organophosphate no I I always switch I know me too um (laughs) so (laughs) wait however due to uh several books that were published and lots of research. Silent Spring. Yes. Yeah. There was several different correlations that DDT uh, was a threat 
that was majorly posed to things like birds and wildlife of the time. It, and um, that sort of brought it to the, the public awareness that it was... I can't. I mean, there's something that says it's killing bald eagles and peregrine falcons. It was right. devastating to the bald eagle population. Right. But well, they, they, the, the reason why they thought that it was hurting the bald eagle population was because since they were spraying it, what they were finding was that the eggs were noticeably thinner. Then the, yes. she- the shells were thinner. So, thin. right. So they weren't actually able to incubate as well, mm. uh, and they died. So they, they thought that that's what it was was the DDT. I don't know. I'm not sure whether they. 100% concluded that. Yes, right. I believe exactly. they did. <laughs> yeah. But it was also causing uh, liver tumors in rodents when they uh, when they tried to, you know, test yes. it on things. That's one of the things that they found. But they have now, no evidence that it was necessarily doing that same thing in, in people. It's all, there. there's all the research I was looking Speculative. at. Speculative. There, it's like one side and the yeah, other. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything that was sort of right down the middle. I, I think at this point, like in today's times, I think that it's considered by the EPA to be potentially carcinogenic. Hold on. It was found to be carcinogenic in 1972. Then, through the evolution of what are we going to call this, this ban, what is going to be categorized as, the U.S. National Toxicology Program classified it as moderately toxic. And this was back in 1972. Uh, A major impact... it must have been pretty toxic to be considered that in 72. Yeah. (laughs) Its major impact is through chronic toxicity. So that's repeated exposure to to organisms, mostly people that were spraying it. Right. Uh, It builds up in the body's lipid system and causes issues like reproductive capabilities, low semen count, uh, disruption of menstruation, menstruation, gestational length of babies and fetuses, which I guess that's the same thing, Mm -hmm. uh, disruption of lactation, proper thyroid function, and in 2015, the International Agency for Research in Cancer classified it as a Group 2A, quote-unquote, probably carcinogenic to humans, which was upgraded soon after by the NTP, which was the National Toxicology Program organization, and they classified it as reasonably anticipated to be carcinogenic. That is, their, well, that is their, <laughs> that's their statement. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Reasonably anticipated to be carcinogenic. Is that like saying we're pretty sure it causes cancer, but we, we can't, can't, we can't prove actually it. say that well, it we can't, Or it's not if we it, say, it, say it, then yeah. we're going to get sued. Well, then we're not going to get the grant money and this and that from the agricultural people. And it's funny, I was reading, and I think it was about DDT, that because it's stored in your fat cells, Mm -hmm. if 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 you've had repetitive exposure to it and you've stored enough of it, if you're in a situation where you're exercising, you're burning that fat, you'll have an acute toxicity reaction where you will react as if you're being re-exposed to an excessive amount of it because you are. Yeah, it's basically Hmm. an OD. It's Um, an overdose. So, yeah, so as you're burning fat on your body because that's where it's being stored, it's reintroduced into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I thought that was insane. Yeah. The EPA classifies it as a B2, which is probable carcinogenic. Mm. Right. So, so kids don't use DDT. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> here, 
so there are some uses of DDT today wasn't throughout that, the world, but not wasn't in that the U.S. In Blade Two. So wasn't what, that the chemical they used to to kill uh, Lamagra or whatever it was? Uh, that was in, that was the first one. I, maybe. I don't know. Wasn't it it's DDT? been a really long time. How do you guys remember? God damn it. It was, like, it was like DDT or DDTA or some crap like that. It was a chemical that they punched into a, the vampire and he went... And he exploded <laughs> yeah. into a fine mist of dust? Well, it was a very crappy CGI version of a fine mist of dust. Well, some yes. motherfuckers <laughs> just would like to ice skate uphill, Joe. <laughs> you got um, it. <laughs> so in September of 2006, the WHO declared its support for indoor use of DDT in Indoor Af- use. <laughs> Hang on. In African countries where malaria remains a major health problem. Yeah, yeah. Citing the benefits of the pesticide outweigh the health and environmental risks. The WHO's position is consistent with the Stockholm Convention on POP, which bans DDT for all uses except for malaria control. So basically, hmm. uh, the way that they use it is they take this thing uh, like the mosquito nets okay okay and then they spray the ddt on the mosquito net and so you can sleep at night without being bitten so much by the mosquitoes okay so there's there's a treatment spray that you can get at rei that i believe is like 98 percent deet and that is what you use it for you spray your tent yeah and you let it you let it air dry Mm -hmm. but it creates this layer of uh of deet on your, your tent. DEET, not the same thing as DDT. Right. Just, just to clarify. E-T. Yeah, I was I was reading a bit about DEET, because it's funny, like you guys were saying, that about half of the things you read say it's horrible, and half the things mm-hmm. you read right. say it's great. <laughs> In Canada... <laughs> yeah, I don't like to use it, but Joe does. Oh, so you guys are both perfect examples. Yep. bugs don't touch me then. Right. But if I use Jenny's stuff, which is like lavender and, and uh, lemon spritzer... It's probably lemon eucalyptus. Yes. Yeah, exactly. lemon eucalyptus oil. They're just like all over. Yeah. Right. Well, the thing is, is about it. So I, I was that was mostly what I've done, like reading about is is uh, in preparing for this. Is that the there's certain things like neem oil, lemon eucalyptus oil, um, and citronella, and they all are effective in keeping mosquitoes at bay from you. Because let's be honest, you know some other bugs are not, you know. Are, are, you, they're okay to have around, yeah. you know what I mean? You don't necessarily want them, like, in your barn or, well, you know, with your cows all the time. But do, wait, mosquitoes for people, that's mainly barn? over. It, it's the size of a barn. Our shed is the <laughs> size of a barn. It's okay. the size I keep of a house. But seriously. So. I was going to say, keep cows in it? Okay. Yeah, I will if I had some. Right. Uh, so, But there's differences between DEET, D-E-E-T, mm-hmm. and D-D-T. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically those are is that the function of DEET is that it's a repellent. DDT is an insecticide and repellent and delousing agent. Hmm. Uh, you hmm. use uh, DEET for direct application to your skin, where DDT is sprayed indoors on, say, like a mosquito netting, something right. like that. Uh, the human toxicity level for DEET is actually very low. Yeah. The human toxicity level for DDT is slight to moderate. So a fatal human dose of DEET is 140 grams or 5 ounces. And 35 grams for DDT. There's several different symptoms. For DEET, uh, you, you know, the, you have to put it on properly. Mm-hmm. DEET, what you do, you don't, you don't want to spray it, like, in your mouth and in your eyes. But if you want to put it on your face... 
spray most things in my mouth. Right, mostly, my mostly, <laughs> most things. But if you're planning on spraying off, don't spray it into your eyes. Yes. Okay. What you want to do is you want to spray it onto your hands and then apply it to your face. Dab. You dab. Dab literally. Is it not absorbed through the skin then? Because a lot of pesticides are directly absorbed well, through the skin. Uh, the, yes. the deep skin penetration is actually high. So it? yeah, it, it is absorbed by your skin. For DDT, it's negligible. Like it does not go in through so your skin. So it sounds like DDT is safer for people than DEET. Yeah. Just don't drink it. <laughs> yeah, just, but. but or I mean, inhale it. So they're, you know, they're used for different applications and different things, but a lot of people think they're the same thing and they're, they're not. Right. DEET keeps mosquitoes away. And it was created in the 1940s. Right. Uh, you know, when we were, people were in, our military was going into different countries. Yeah. They were getting swarmed. Yeah, and they combating created malaria, stuff. typhus, right. all those things. Um, so d- I know that you said earlier that you can get DEET spray from an REI store, and it's mm-hmm. like 98% We have Is some. It, it's actually 98%. 98%. I was reading, I think it was like 2002 or 2005, maybe Canada had sort of outlawed they anything did. above 30% yep. is, yeah. is not and allowed to be here's sold. Here's the thing is, is that the, the but Canada you can't you can't get certain comic books because it has a boob on the front. Really? Or there's too much blood. Oh. Like can't can, Yeah, you hear that Canadians? Suck it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like some <laughs> of the rules, I mean I love Canada and all, but you know, they still enforce that old nineteen seventies comic book authority stuff. Wow. Yeah, so also the 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 higher percentage of DEET Mm-hmm. The higher percentage that you that you get, it actually is. It has nothing to do with how strong it is. It has to do with how long it stays on your skin. Because right. what it actually does is it basically there's there's two main reasons why we think that that DEET actually works. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought that it it basically masks your smell. Uh, originally, like you know, the mosquitoes don't want to come near you because they can't, you know, smell your, your, your carbon dioxide because of the, of the weird the stuff fumes. that you've, or the fumes. pheromones and the scents on your skin, they're also right. attracted to. Yeah. So they but thought that's that it, to get to a certain proximity to you. You'd be but, amazed, I think, at how well their senses work. Yeah. But they're, know? but they're like sharks. So they can smell the, the release of carbon dioxide, like, like a half mile away. And they will yeah. they will follow that yes. first, and once they get closer, they they go after hone heat. in on your on your your scent. Yeah, your well, and, it's, and it's your temperature. Heat. Mm-hmm. And they they follow that carbon dioxide trail, heat, boom. Right. They so gotcha. so when Joe and I are out in the woods together, I attract all the mosquitoes. I do too. And they get close, and then they're <laughs> it's like, like a ooh, they're like, right. ooh, this guy's nice and warm, and yeah. they go bite him. That's yeah. actually the, that's actually a lot of what I've read is that's. That can actually happen. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I also looked up, and I know that this is technically not a pesticide, but I feel like it's pesticide adjacent. I looked up what's <laughs> called uh, the bug zapper. What's called the bug zapper? Right. Is, it, is it called that, or do we just, isn't that just a Well, it's a colloquial term. just always called the, It's a colloquial it term. You know, you can call zapper. it the bug. Uh, oh, and everyone knows that sound. Z- Right, so the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office credited the first patent for the bug zapper to William F. Former and Harrelson L. Chapman in 1934. It's patent number 1962439. So basically they created this, you know, ever since we have known about electricity, we've wondered if we could use them to kill... Uh, Elephants and right, yeah, (laughs) everything, right? Topsy. Um, And in fact, it was like in a, like a, it was like a 19... I think like a 
like a 1930-something... Uh, World's Fair. No, no, no. It was the 1930-something Popular Mechanics oh, episode. Okay. They actually had it in there where they, they were questioning this. Oh, they you took know, it And then a few years and... later, somebody else patented it. Nice. So, um, but here's the, here's the problem. Bug zappers, <laughs> they, they um, incinerate insects with a satisfying, you know, snap. Okay, but they really apparently it's like a slim gym. they really apparently aren't very good against combating mosquitoes. Hmm. Uh, however, they're effective against other forms of of bugs that we have floating around in the backyard. June the problem bugs. is is that those bugs are typically ones that are fed upon by you know like moths and things bats, like that that are fed upon by bats, spiders. Beneficial to their environment. Yeah, they're beneficial <laughs> bugs. Hmm. They actually uh, there's been several studies where. You know, you can kill 2,000 bugs in a night, and it turns out only 18 of them were mosquitoes. Yeah. There was uh, mm-hmm. one woman And you who, just killed four bats right. in doing so, or starved it, it them. Starved them, yeah. Yeah, so in fact, they think that these, these might actually act as beacons for mosquitoes. Like you were talking about, how you, you draw them in, and then you're like, here you go, Joe, here's all the mosquitoes. Mm. They think that these, <laughs> um, that these bug zappers do the same thing. They have the UV light, they're attracted to UV light, right. and they come there... However, once they get by, they don't get that that carbon dioxide hit, right. and they don't feel the heat. So they have a tendency to find Go a to person, the person that's somewhere that's near. nearby. <laughs> we have one that it it comes with like these little uh, like little Ziploc packet things that you you pop open, and I guess it's supposed to mimic human scent. scent. We use it. We use those in some of our traps to right. attract mosquitoes. Yeah. And then you, you hear like the little, you know, and then you hear, you know, the, the giant Luna moth fly in. It's like, Aww, that's, that's get rid of that. <laughs> well, you know luckily I mean. it won't turn on right now because of oh. electric problems. Yeah. Sorry, guys, but good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, research done by uh, Roger Nacy, an entomologist, uh, entomologist at the McNeese State University in Lake Charles, uh, Louisiana, he actually uh, suggests that um, bug zappers should probably be sold in the entertainment section of the hardware department in, <laughs> instead of the yeah instead of the pest control as a, as like a, a yard firework yeah display. because that's basically what they are he says right. that they don't actually kill any any bugs that would pe- you know pest you. You know, they're, that would I mean, pest you. That would pest you. Come on, pester. man! I'm, I'm trying real hard here. I have a hard time. You. Talking with my face mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Mouth base. So one other thing that we were talking about, uh, how the role of using more natural things, Mm -hmm. more natural pesticides and and deterrents has become, you know, a much larger role. And we think that that might be the way that pesticides are going. And one of the one of the things is uh, the citronella. Mm-hmm. So you know, How, what is everyone's opinion here about citronella? Because I swear I I used it a handful of times and it's never worked. I still get eaten up like crazy. We what last summer we bought two citronella plants, mm-hmm. put them out in the deck on like either side of the table that we sit at. Right. I got eaten up all the time. Jenny they on the other hand, they're like, but you didn't. But you <laughs> don't really if you're sitting next to me. I mean, that's so it's the thing. Like the same... Before you came along, they would eat me alive. No. But now, they they still come, but I see them no, but all it's, it's around you. Like, uh, no, yeah. when you say you got mosquito plants, here's the question: what What did it look like? Plants. What kind of a, what kind of citronella plant did you get? Is it the one that's like kind of has lacy green and white 
kind of leaves? No, no, no white. Straight green, big, bright, was kind of lacy. But they didn't last very long. They did well, not like our shady. Yeah, yard. they don't have a lot of sun. So. Well, the, the reason why I'm asking is because there's three different plants that are actually marketed as citronella plants. True. Yes. Hmm. So one of them has these lazy green leaves, and that is the um, uh, Pelagrinonium citrosium, mm-hmm. right? I think I just did a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> uh, you just and, summoned all the mosquitoes yeah, that produces attractive pleasant smelling blooms in the summer and are, are pinkish that are pinkish white hmm. and it has those lacy green kind of leaves we didn't have any blooms at all so nope. well i mean it can i think I, ours, didn't ours, ours didn't when we bloom. had one so um so anyway uh that is claimed to repel mosquitoes but apparently a study in 1996 found no significant difference between someone that's treated with that, you know, with that on their skin mm-hmm. and then another person who was not treated. Gotcha. Hmm. We also grew lemon balm, which is supposed to be a mosquito repellent. Mm. And I don't think we had enough of it. I mean, yeah. it was, it, it's a small plant, so right. who knows, but sometimes I would take yeah. the leaves and rub them on my arms just in case. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, tried, I've had the actual citronella spray before and it's not done anything. <laughs> I don't really? know if it's just me, but it maybe it works for some people. Just did nothing for me at all. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. So I think that you might be talking about one of the other forms of citronella that I think is actually also lemon balm. There are two different grass species, uh, and those are both used in the commercial production of citronella. That's how they get them from these grasses. Do you mean the citronella candles? Yes. Yep. So Citronella it's more candles. of the smell than the actual real repellent. Well, what it has it, it, in it is a, a few different chemicals. Uh, the Cybopogon neratus. Cybopogon neratus. <laughs> yep. uh, sure. That has a 20% uh, mix of geritol, 15% of <laughs> citronol. Geritol? <laughs> sorry. Geritol for like... Geritol. He's leaving all this in. I know it. Butt rashes or something? I meant Geritol. Okay. It has uh, the the Cybopogon neratus has 20% 20 Geritol, 15% Citronol, uh, Citronal, and then 8% Citronol. Is is Geritol from geranium oil? Yes, it is, because Ah. it's the same... It's the same... Uh, family as geraniums. Okay, gotcha. So, and the Cybopokin winteralis has twenty percent geranol, forty-five percent citronol, and fifteen percent citronol. Hmm. So it's citronal and citronol. Okay. So they're all different. They're basically different chemicals that are kind of the same makeup. Okay. So this is like the whole cinnamon argument. Yeah. Yeah. Where true yep. cinnamon is has to come a from Madagascar, very, a very specific plant right. where most commercial cinnamon comes from the Casca- bark of a Cascarian something trees, right. and it just ha- it's kind of like cinnamon. Yeah, and they they call them all either mosquito plants or right. or you know or citronella because they all have the citronella oils, the same family, right? But not the same potency. Yeah, the problem is is that <laughs> one that has the lazy leaves mm. has none of that geranol in it at all. No geritol. Which is why they think it doesn't, yeah, no geritol. <laughs> so, but it, apparently, yeah, it, it, it can work as a biopesticide. The problem is, is that it has to constantly be uh, releasing that chemical in order for it to work. So constantly so, crushing the leaves to get the oil. So if out. you're bruising those leaves and you're rubbing them on your skin, you have it on your skin, okay? Right. But the problem is, is that it only lasts for about an hour or so. Hmm. And, and one of the ways that they actually make it last a little bit longer is they have to add... Um, 
they have to add something that has a bigger molecule that it can work as a, you know, an it's adhesive. An adjuvant, I believe is what it's oh, called. It's, there we uh, go. it's like a chemical added to a pesticide to make it work better by having it adhere to a surface or... Right. Hmm. And, and one of the things that they use for that is, uh, is called vanillin. And vanillin is, is what's in vanilla. Oh. So it's a, it's a very a... large molecule from, from the vanilla plant. Okay, so that's not like the strawberry flavoring. No, it doesn't come from the castor butt oil the, or whatever <laughs> of, of, of beavers. Okay, I'm just asking. Castor butt oil? There's, there's, no it comes from a beaver named Castor. <laughs> no, it's called, isn't it Castor? It's like Castor, Castorus or it's Yeah, it, it's, it's the scent glands from a beaver. From a beaver's butt. Artificial strawberry flavoring. Well, I don't know if it's still made oh, with that. No. Yeah. Yeah. But you that's ruined how they everything back in the, the day. 30s. Yeah. Probably yeah, when we were the 30s through like the 60s and 70s, they used. Yeah. Back in the hose drinking days. Beaver's butt. <laughs> that's where, because that's what it, it tasted like. It, it someone tasted the beaver's butt, and we're like, strawberries. Is that, is that like strawberries. <laughs> I'm making oh some ice cream. I'm going to eat this beaver because it tastes like strawberry. Who Neapolitan. is the one who licked a beaver's butt and decided, oh, this tastes well, like somebody strawberries. Somebody was playing with some innards. They were tickling the innards, and they, <laughs> they're like, oh, hey, God. Clem, you smell that? Smell like strawberries. <laughs> smell my finger. <laughs> smell like strawberries. <laughs> Stick my finger in this beaver and it's my isn't, isn't it called like castronium or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I believe it's so. It's got it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's like, it's like ambergris. <laughs> it's not my finger. It smells like a beaver's butt. <laughs> like a rock red strawberry. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I thought that was neat. They actually used like a component from vanilla. And they actually now can, uh, you know, synthesize that. Right. So you can buy like vanillin. Yeah, it's like a Korg synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> no wrong kind of no, it's very similar to that. Joe. Okay, that's exactly how I use it. And all of this research, all these pesticides, I think the number one one that I found was probably most disturbing uh, mm. was something called Agent Orange. Oh. And I, I know, Danny, you did all the research on that, right? I did. I did more research than I needed to. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Uh, between the years 1962 and 1971, uh, the U.S. military had what was called originally Operation Hades. That sounds ominous enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually, that was renamed Operation Ranch Hand, which you might be more familiar for everyone. Yeah, I, I um, heard that one. Yeah. Um, so the idea was that they contracted companies that made pesticides um, to come up with combinations of herbicides that they could use to basically defoliate large portions of Vietnam. To find out where people were hiding. The, the idea was that a big problem they were having was people hiding between the foliage. They were familiar with the land. They, they knew how tunnels to hide in and, tunnels. Yeah, um, they would hide in dense mangrove forests mm -hmm. um, underneath and behind plants. And as well, and this is more of a controversial aspect of Operation Ranch Hands, but it was believed that the government also wanted to basically kill off uh, food sources for yeah. civilians as well as military mm -hmm. in Vietnam. Yeah, cut off supply lines. That's like one of the the key pillars. Right. I think even at the warfare. time in the 60s and 70s, it was questionable as to how morally acceptable that right. was. So right. they tried to 
say that it was more mm. because of you know the military aspect of, of you the know soldiers hiding. Humans have been doing that since the Roman days, and they right, used to poison right. entire it's streams. A strategic move, right? Yeah, exactly. Because if you can collapse the economy, people mm-hmm. are going to give up. Well, and yeah. the structure around said city that you're you know attempting to overtake, right? They're right. going to run away because there's nothing for them, right? And they, they they at that point they have no support, right? Exactly. The army has no support, so. Right. Okay, uh, so to perform this Operation Ranch Hand, um, a series of herbicides were used, and they were they they called them I think Rambo herbicides, and they basically had an agent white, agent blue, agent purple. Yeah, think of Reservoir Dogs <laughs> for pesticides. Um, and as well, they had something called Agent Orange, and Agent Orange is the one that was used primarily of all the Rainbow Agent herbicides was um, the most effective. orange was the most effective so it was and used the most one of the things that i also read is that it usually had a bright orange ring that Band was painted around the, 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 the 50 gallon 55 so gallon exactly. drum yeah, so you so know which one it was right recognizable yeah same with all the mustard gas stuff during world war one and world war two um so the problem is not so much with the pesticides that were used because it was typically a 50 50 ratio of something called Two comma four dash D. I could read out like the the actual chemical name of it, but is that an in- inert substance to help adhere? That to it is or- not. Uh, it was actually two different herbicides that were mixed together to oh, do the job. Okay. So th- that was one of them, and the other one, the one that was problematic, was two comma four comma five dash T. So these two were known to be effective on their own. Um, I guess to try to make them super effective, they decided to combine the two. Uh, What they didn't realize at the time, and maybe they hadn't done enough testing or, you know, whatever the problem was, is that the 2,4,5-T and the production of it, synthesizing the chemical components that make that, uh, was also creating something called a dioxin. Mm-hmm. Uh, a specific dioxin referred to as TCDD, which is supposed to be one of the most toxic dioxins. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, the problem itself was not the herbicides used. Um, it was, it was a combination a of contaminant that. byproduct of the production hmm. of one of them. Right. So I've seen videos of soldiers on riverboats in Vietnam, American soldiers, they look like they're maybe 18. Mm-hmm. I can only guess are probably drafted. Uh, probably. Just holding hoses, spraying Asian Orange, just and, and it's all blowing back in their face. They're wearing no protective equipment at all. They're shirtless. Mm. Um, and it's just, just spraying it everywhere, like all over the place. It's uh, slightly horrifying to see. Effects of dioxins on human health. Uh, short-term exposure of humans to high level of dioxins may result in skin lesions, Patchy darkening of skin, altered liver function, long-term exposure is linked to impairment of the immune system, the developing nervous system, the endocrine system, and reproductive functions. Yep. Fun fact, dioxins are often found in tampons. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You get them TSS, or toxic shock syndrome. Mm-hmm. Because it's part of the bleaching. It's a byproduct of the so bleaching oh, process. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a bleaching, mm-hmm. like uh, the, how the they, cotton. they bleach you know, paper pulp and cotton, and it, and it right. creates di- dioxin. So, 
Yeah, I didn't know that. That uh, mm-hmm. also happens in tampons. So mm-hmm. why don't you just use? Um, why don't they just make them like like just cotton? Yeah, like the yeah, like the look... like the brown napkins at Taco Bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, because in you know commercial stuff, it all has to it look the has same. to be clean and pristine. Looking. Yeah, it all has to be uniform, and every package has to be the same. <clears throat> and that sterile environment. So is it the thing. same with sugar then? Is white sugar? Does that I think they might a use a dioxin byproduct. I don't know. Mm. I'd have to I don't think so. I think it's a different. But yeah, because that's that goes in your pie hole, not in your hoo hole. <laughs> 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 Slightly different. Joe just said hoo hole. <laughs> that's never happened. heard it called that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't. <laughs> I can't even know. Little Cindy Lou Who. Jesus Christ. So roughly about 24% of Vietnam was sprayed with uh, this these defoliant agents. 24% of the 24% country. 24% of the well, entire country. Oh my and the God. funny thing is, like Some the other them... three quarters were sprayed with uh, with bombs that they dropped. <laughs> right. And this, they're still finding them. Yes. Uh, so like radioactive material? No, 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 no. Uh, the oh, they're still finding bombs that weren't on Unexploded ordinance. ordinance, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, North Korea, Vietnam, like... All of those countries, Laos is one of the big ones. Where Laos, just, Cambodia is right. on the border. Yeah, and there's just miles and miles oh, of, God, of forest that have these buried, unexploded ordinances oh. just there. And people, you know, severed hands and right. feet. Kids, and I always hear about kids, kids playing with them. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man, that's hard. So you're talking, adding that on top of something like... Agent Orange and all of its effects. Which some of them are still persist- persistent. The, the actual chemicals themselves, they the herbicides the themselves, will be broken down if they're in direct sunlight. If they're buried or they're underground, they can persist for up to 100 years yeah. in, in that environment. Um, so if something's been buried or some amount of that, and from what I understand, it's mostly the dioxin that is persistent, the TCDD that mm. persists. Is there are certain military storage sites for Agent Orange where they'll still go today and test it, however many years later, they still and have still find dioxins present. Yeah, I mean they mm-hmm. have in the storerooms of CDC. Like there's still Agent Orange down there. Oh, it's horrifying. So 24% of Vietnam was basically sprayed, and that includes beautiful natural environmental systems that were destroyed and defoliated. Mm-hmm. Um, mangrove forest, um, just amazing natural habitats that were just obliterated. As well, it, it was stated that something like 20 times the recommended amount for the herbicides was used. So if so the they company were spraying concentrate, not diluting. Right, it. right. So the company that produces them, you know, I'm sure even at the time gave a suggestion as what should be used to kill plants. Right, right. So the U.S. military was using 20 times yeah. that amount. It's two cups an acre, guys, not 20. <laughs> you know, gallons. 20, 20 gallons. gallon drums. Yeah, I do foot. the same thing with my Dr. Bronner so that's why it's so tingly. <laughs> Yeah, so roughly the 24% of the country that was sprayed is about equivalent to the size of Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, some of the suppliers um, are a bit problematic also. The main supplier um, of the Agent Orange, you know, combination of herbicides, uh, was a company which I'm sure we all have heard of, Dow. 
Dow Corporation. Dow Chemicals. Dow, yeah. Dow Chemicals, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the second biggest supplier was Monsanto Corporation. Oh, I knew you were going to say back that. Then, yeah, huh? and who knew? Like, I already didn't like them. Right. Um, I, didn't know they were, I didn't know they were that old. <laughs> they were the second biggest supplier of I know Dow Chemicals Asian Orange. been around since, like, the 50s. I didn't mm-hmm. know Monsanto was around Yes, they were yeah. both big suppliers. And from what I read, a lot of time when, when the 245T... Um, herbicide is being produced if you're sort of cheap about producing it and you want to produce it more quickly you'll produce it at a higher temperature and that is what causes the the contaminant dioxin to form so it's like when you're brewing beer and you don't get a full boil you won't get all your uh, you don't all get your your, your uh, everything doesn't process properly right right yeah. okay so it's sort of a bizarre combination of like these companies taking shortcuts and America being like, let's use 20 times this mm-hmm. and, and just At taxpayer expense. Yeah. And just like the, they've created sort of the perfect situation for thousands of people to be horribly exposed to, to insanely toxic chemicals. So, and they're still having repercussions to this day because a lot of uh, this dioxin, the way it affects people, it also affects your offspring. So it's, so it's, it's persistent genetic... in that it will alter you genetically, yeah. your reproductive ability, and can cause birth defects mm-hmm. and it's symptoms very much in like your radiation. offspring. Yeah, yeah, in a chemical form. Right, But right. yeah, absolutely. Didn't we play with that band? Which one? <laughs> Agent Orange? I, I think so. I think we did. Uh, no, no, no. We yeah, we did. Never. I've did got a poster actually... somewhere. Yeah. Do we really? Yeah. Yeah, it was huh. at the Auto Bar. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. yeah, it was at the Auto Bar. Did we open for I them? Went. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I remember going to see I, uh, I found a sticker uh, that uh, I believe I was working at a hardware store, mm. and I found a sticker that said fungicide. And do you remember I tried to get her band named that? <laughs> and you're Because I was like, I have a sticker for it already. I'll put <laughs> right. it on my bumper. And right. you were like, no. No. Yeah. We're not you that. only have one sticker. Yeah. So I was like, okay. One sticker does not a band name make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but we were talking about uh, Mons- Monsanto, right? Right. So they're they were they now are owned by Bear. Uh, the by bears? That, no. Yes, bears. <laughs> Sentient <laughs> bears. Okay, guys. No bear bear chemical. They Bayer. Bayer. Yeah, bear. 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 Not Bayer. Yeah. Yes. Joe. Not bears. They are, they are they ha- they were bought by Bayer. <laughs> B a y e r. Yeah, Bayer. Bayer, not yeah. bear. That's what I said. Bear. Okay. So, um, so they are they are now producing something that you know, I don't know if you guys have ever used, but we just bought some because we were doing stuff in the garden. Roundup. No, you guys bought that. We yeah, did. I've never used it because we needed some. I just use vinegar and salt. It kills everything. Does, does it? Does it work? See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Roundup is so terrible. It they find it in fetuses, like in utero. They find traces of it. That is from how from drinking water, from everything, from, from, from all plants. the food that we eat, even animals. But the instructions say that after like twenty four hours, it's fine. <laughs> You're funny. So no, anyway. I, I, okay, I'm I'm sure that there are repercussions for that. But we have a lot of fucking weeds. <laughs> like <laughs> we have a whole lot I'm of weeds. You. Coaster salt. And it was Boom. more of a right scientific experiment Done. to see. I've never used Roundup in my entire life, so I was kind of curious as to how it works. Yeah. Do you ever hear the term salt the earth? Yeah. 
It kills. All right. Well, we'll, we'll try. Everything. We'll try that. Uh, I will try a jug of vinegar and salt next time. Just, is it just, what type of vinegar? Does it matter? No. Just white just distilled. White, I would think white, white distilled, distilled vinegar. Distilled. Yes. So let's use our artesian, artesian <laughs> malt vinegar. You didn't say artisanal. I mean, Ar- Ar- you do this. Some for me. Some for you. Some for me. <laughs> some for you. Sprite, some yeah. for the fish and chips. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So they're they're actually in like a lot of lawsuits right now, and I, I think they had like they a are. two billion dollar awarded to a, a settlement. F- yeah, settlement. Uh, where they had a cancer trial where basically Monsanto was creating these types of uh, a Roundup resistant like corn. Corn, and genetically like modified so, Roundup resistant So what they corn. were doing is they were spraying the Roundup over the entire field, mm-hmm. like putting it in the water supply. Dousing. And dousing mm-hmm. it. And basically, so because it, the corn cannot be hurt by it. So, you know, they were spraying it all over, killing all the weeds. But, you know, by using it for several decades, well, you know how they think that people work. were getting cancer from it. Now, you know how plants work, right? They absorb nutrients from the soil. Right. So the groundwater, the, the seepage that comes down from the top to the bottom to the roots goes into the plant. Mm-hmm. So if there's a buttload of chemicals in that soil, the plant will then take up that buttload. Right. It's just like it will take up said buttload. <laughs> it's just like the fish in the Baltimore Harbor. Right. The, did all you, the, yeah. the did, pharmaceutical chemicals and all that stuff that are in the harbor. Did you read the article that said that the there's the less e. coli matter? <laughs> the, the E. coli is yeah. actually almost good enough to swim. Now? No, I'm not. I'm still not going to. I don't like, believe that. It's like it's... saying there's you know there's twenty less turds floating in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the thousand turds that are floating in the harbor, there's twenty less. You've seen. You some might of be turds, able to swim without right? one touching you. <laughs> right. Dink. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. <laughs> But that's how that's how plants works, and and fish and most organisms will intake those nutrients. Part of the problem with that is that they don't bother fucking testing they anything. Don't. And you know what? Fuck them. Like, I watched so many videos and read so many things about people defending them and people like being against them. When it comes down to it, they sue small-time farmers. Yeah, and there's no way they can win because they don't want to use enough. It. To have their plants pollinated by their garbage, genetically modified plants. Right. Well, what can they do about that? And also, so there's there's this chemical called dicamba, and NPR did a whole story about this. It was just so tragic because these farmers in Arkansas bought dicamba, and they sprayed it on their dicamba-prepared plants. Resistant crops or whatever. Exactly. So that's great, except that their neighbors weren't using the same kind of crops. They weren't growing the same plants. So the the dicamba floated over and killed all of their crops. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. And when they tried to do something about it, the farmers who were using dicamba were like, oh, we're not using dicamba. We didn't use that. Monsanto covered up the fact that they knew there was a problem with drift. Yep. And when the farmers who whose fields were just completely destroyed tried to sue, Monsanto just bombarded them with lawyer after lawyer after lawyer, appeal after Drowned appeal after appeal, them, to where they, I mean, they're farmers. They're small-time farmers. Right. 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 They can't afford to go against a big, giant, huge corporation, probably one of the biggest agribusiness companies in the world. So, of course, they lose every mm-hmm. time. They yeah. owned like a production a, a factory. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. They own a factory. They owned a factory in a place called Nitrol or Nitro, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, I think it was like they had like an incident where people were getting something called chloracne. Did you talk about that at all? Uh, is that a, a contact dermatitis sort of situation? Uh, it is, uh, but it's a direct effect of being exposed to TCDD. Mm. Um, this dioxin that's in Agent Orange. Um, but I read, I read like articles where a doctor that worked for Monsanto had written that TCDD was like a byproduct and it was a contaminant. So he Back wrote a warning. Back in the 40s. He wrote a warning. And they still, throughout the 60s and 70s, continued to make this and continued yeah. to supply it to the U.S. military with no regard. Yeah. Like, with no statements because about what hazards. That's part of Agent Orange, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it's not supposed to be. It's, it's but it considered is. a contaminant. Yeah. But yeah, it's a byproduct. Yeah. So it's, it, like, it's still dangerous no matter what you do. Right. Right. And if you're going to do it the cheap and easy way, try to mass produce it the cheap and easy way to and where you it, know you know it's going to produce that, and you still do it and don't give a shit about <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. Well, Joe, there goes our Monsanto sponsorship. Oh, shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can we still stick with the Coca-Cola guys? Maybe? I don't know. We'll, we'll see what <laughs> they're, we can They're do. almost as bad. <laughs> Have you heard that they're bringing new Coke back? Again? Yeah. So is it new, 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 new Coke? They're bringing it back new for... New old, new Coke. They're bringing new Coke back. <laughs> old, and, new uh, Coke. And, uh, new, like I think Crystal Coke? No, that's Crystal Pepsi. Okay, sorry. They're bringing new <laughs> Coke back, and uh, and they're I bringing like it back Pepsi. for the, the, the Stranger Things 3... What mm. Stranger Things? Oh, I saw the, the cans, the upside yeah. downs, and all that. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's yeah, it's they're actually reformulating and putting it back out. So I it actually is going to have cocaine kind of this time. Oddly enough, still has Bill Cos- Cosby as a sponsor. What? Oh, no. <laughs> what? The spokesperson. <laughs> really? Weirdest thing. Yeah, I couldn't believe what they. The hell? Yeah, he's doing it from prison. <laughs> apparently. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. No. That, oh, you're not. No, no? that that part's a lie. Okay. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tangent. Derailed yeah. it. Okay, so you had like, I think it was millions of gallons of Asian orange left over when it eventually in 71 it was outlawed and decided that it was too hazardous. Right, to so now it's all use. in the back of Ted Nugent's house? I hope so. I hope it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, it was actually all shipped to a place called Johnston Atoll, which is a little oh, island off of, like, I think, southeastern Hawaii. Mm-hmm. What? And I saw pictures online of just rows and rows of barrels that yeah. apparently were seeping and leaking out all yep. over the place. Because they're just your average Whoa. 55-gallon steel drum. Right. Were they so just they sitting out? up. Yeah. Like exposed to the out weather. Out in the open. Out in the open. And, yeah. and, the, what and looked the like mud. sea salt air and yeah. oh, man, it's rain. Like New Jersey and all over Carried out wherever. Yeah, great. <laughs> so yeah, let's go to Hawaii. <laughs> it's one of those super fun sites. Not super fun. I, I super fun. That's F-U-N-D. what I said. Super fun. Super fun. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> we had this conversation let's, already. Let's go play in the Agent Orange. It <laughs> right. sounds super fun. Oh God. <laughs> so yeah, pesticides. Kids, don't do them. Yeah, keep it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't huff the off. Seriously, right. huff oh. the on. It, use the use the <laughs> silver spray paint instead. <laughs> oh, oh, shiny and chrome. Oh. <laughs> With this <laughs> be. <laughs> all right, I'm spent. That's all my stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yarp. 
Yep. The end. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. On the left-hand side of thecurioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. I believe it's a type yeah. of mosquito. Is it? It's the Canadies? It's the Canadies. Canadies. There's a Canadensis. Is that what you're talking about? I, I, there's an 80s, isn't there? Oh, an 80s. Yeah, there is an 80s. Yeah. There's an 80s mosquito. It mm-hmm. is. It has feathered hair and yeah, pastel splatter paint. <laughs> Hangs out at the mall. Stonewashed jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Neonicotinoid. I turn my speaker off. I'm gonna make a song now. Talk. Okay. Yeah.